This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Scotty, you ready for this? Hey, Kurt! People living on Butthole Lane say they would never change their street name. (laughs) Yeah, nor should they. Okay, let's get into some bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownler. And I'm the second banana boy, Scotty Landis. And it's and his birthday today. Happy birthday, Scotty. Thank you so much. Thank you for the kind Instagram post. Uh, thank you to... I got some nice text message and, and DMs from everybody. You know, I'm, I want to live to be 110 years old. So I'm just getting started, baby. <laughs> My goal is 80. I think if I make it to 80, I'm going to be a hero. Uh, you I don't will. Know if I will. Well, fingers Ger- crossed. You know what I'm Germans saying? Germans live. I know. If they can just make me a new liver, I'll be fine. All Heck right. Yes. I'm very excited about our guest today. She's comedian extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Andy Awancio. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited welcome. to be here. How are you? I'm doing all right. Just hanging in. I've just been working this whole time, and uh, I don't know, just recording podcasts with friends. That's been nice. and That's fun. I, I DJ, so I've been spending a bunch of time just doing music and DJ stuff in the, in the interim. Nice. Where have you been working? Uh, I work at a warehouse at a Vitamin website. Yeah, so. yeah. baby. Yeah. So it turns out more people want to be healthy when there's a health crisis. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. That is interesting because Kurt and I started taking uh, ritual vitamins and I had never really taken vitamins before, but now I take them as part of like a daily routine and I think it's because I'm like, well, I'm not exercising as much, so I might as well put something inside of me that will make me live to be 110. There it is. Also, Andy, are you in your closet or is your closet just open? Or are you inside uh, the closet just so it sounds better? Are you committed to podcasting is my question. She's a um, DJ. I, we've got some like clothes behind me, but we're, I'm not in my closet. I don't have that kind of commitment. I mean, <laughs> when, I'm coming, when, I'm, when this crisis is all over, I'm just hitting the mics again. <laughs> Good. I don't, have, I don't have that closet microphone money. <laughs> um, Andy, do you want to hear more about Butthole Lane? Is that what it's called? Uh-huh. Uh, really? Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into Butthole Lane. Here it is. This is from, uh, first off, at uh, Brittany Paulina sent this in on Instagram. Thank you, Brittany. 
Thank you, Brittany. Uh, this is from Metro, the only source for strange news in the UK, and it seems to Apparently. be 75% of the stories I find, at least. This is written by a classically <laughs> British named person, Oliver Wheaton. Uh, oh, hi, Ollie. Hey, Ollie. Best writer Thank in the biz. You. The the proud people living on the rudely named street in fuck this this is going to be a tough one. I'm going to guess it. it's Shepshead, Leicestershire. <laughs> although it's <laughs> spelled it's spelled Shepshed and Leicestershire. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you fucking. British people, I don't understand your towns. Is, is that spelled out with tweed? <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> it's written in hedgerows. Uh, Sheb said Leicestershire have remained defiant that their beloved street will not be renamed. Bill Hutchinson, who was born on Butthole Lane, said anyone <laughs> hoping to change its name would be laughed out of court. Of course they would, because you'd be saying Butthole Lane a thousand times. The yeah. 77-year-old told the Lest- Lester Mercury... <laughs> It You're is great, part but. of the tradition of Shepshead. Everybody that is a Shepshedian <laughs> by birth has happy memories of Butthole Lane. This is all, all the words are very fun in this article. Yeah, I'm moving there. Uh, and this is he, this is the whole reason that I wanted to start off with this one uh, because who knew that we're going to find out where Butthole comes from? Rather than being yeah. a crude joke that went too far, Butthole Lane. Right actually takes its name from the old English word butt, which was a target. It is oh, believed yeah. Butthole Lane was where archers practices archers practice shooting at targets during the Tudor period. Ah. The folks who dwell on Butthole Lane are hardier than their counterparts on Butthole Road in South Yorkshire, <laughs> who in 2009 had their straight renamed to Archer's Way. Uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's the English way of saying cornhole. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like target hole, right? Oh yeah. yeah, I never even thought about it that way. Well, like, cornhole is another name for your butthole, isn't it? But or is then cornhole again, like, your mouth hole. But then again, look at that article again. What is the only word you could say clearly without question about what it was? Butthole. Butthole. Exactly. <laughs> I also love that Arn the na- the word butthole just means like a like a bullseye. Like, that's very funny. Who knew about that? I like the idea of anybody gets to say they're moving in and out of butthole lane. Sounds <laughs> yeah. Great. That sounds great. <laughs> I know. I've, I've seen a lot of, a lot of my bananas also sent in uh, a story about Dick Street and that, like, they were sure. going to rename Dick Street in some town and the people yeah. were, like, against renaming Dick Street. So I say, if you a got a fucking town. crazy street name, keep it. I love it. Yeah, I, why not? We were you uh, since I work at a vitamin website. I always see like great town, weird town names. Oh, oh yeah. And I think you brought up some with uh, you brought up some in the past about ones from Maryland, and I'm from Maryland too. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple town names that I found out since working in uh, at a vitamin website. Uh, Give us give us some names, Andy. I mean, I think you brought one up before, which is there's a boring Maryland. Yes, very close to where I lived, like a mile from where I grew up. There's also a Hollywood, Maryland, but there's there's two. There's <laughs> Goddamn two, Hollywood elite. <laughs> mm. I have found out that there is a town just outside of uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, just a little north of it, just outside of Washington, D.C. There's a town in Maryland called 
mutual consent. No way. Really? <laughs> yeah. You, now you can tell people it's not just a place in Maryland. <laughs> yeah. Everybody there, it's just free love. It's just a giant orgy. They're like, hey, you cross that city line. We're getting into it. Crawl in and get in where you fit in. <laughs> well, listen, you're in mutual consent. Why not travel down butthole lake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a target. You know, I thought you were going to say Skaggsville, which is also in that area. Skaggsville's on the way when you're driving to College Park. I was always like, change that name. Sorry to the good family of Skaggs, but like... That is a nasty name. The, in New Jersey, and I, growing up, I never thought about it for a second that there is a town named Brick, and it's right next to a town named Wall. And I've never oh, really? thought about it. On the map, it just says Brick Wall. Shout out to Brick Wall and Asbury Park, a great place to get uh, a drink and some, some food. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in college, I was a telemarketer for a semester for country insurance, and we would call all over the country, and... Uh, um, I was pretty good at it. There was like a one woman that I worked with who was excellent. She had like a smoky, raspy voice and people just wanted to talk to her. But then I started to just try techniques to get people to stay on the phone longer. And what I noticed was if I said my last name was their street name, they would stay on. So Andy, what street are you on? Right. Or we don't have to dox you. What street is your favorite street in Seattle? No, no, there's uh no, the my street name's perfect for this. I I live on University Way. Okay, so I would go, uh, hi, thanks for picking up. This is Scotty University. I'm calling on behalf of Country Insurance. And oh, wow, so I, I live on University Way. That's amazing. Didn't matter what it was. It was like uh, it, no matter what the street was, Emerson Way, Main Street, I'd be like, this is Scotty Main. I'm calling you. This other guy that I used to work, used to call himself Corey Charisma. <laughs> that was not his real name. I don't even think Corey was his first name. But he would go, he was like kind of a shaggy stoner type. And he'd be like, hey, how are you? It's Corey Charisma calling me from Country Church. <laughs> I love Corey Charisma. It worked. You like telemarketers out there nodding their head. You have to have like a strategy. Oh man, I, I like Corey Charisma. He sounds like he's the lead singer of a Ween cover band. <laughs> oh, he one hundred percent does. <laughs> this is oh, Corey, yeah. and this is Dory Charisma. <laughs> Call for country insurance. Are you happy with your car insurance? Um, it was so funny. And the one time you would get the person's name on your screen, you know, you'd call up and you'd act like you knew them. You, if I was calling Kurt, I'd be like, Hey, is Kurt in? And everybody'd be like, who's calling? And I would say, you know, whatever street Kurt lives on. Oh, this is Scotty Eagle. And, um, but there was this one guy and his name in our system was Butch Buckmaster. (laughs) And so I, I swear to, I swear to God. And so I call Montana and I go, hey, can I speak to Butch, please? And this nice older woman goes, I'm sorry, honey. Butch died two months ago. And I go, oh, okay. And I should have just gone, I'm so sorry to bother you and hung up. She goes, can I ask what this is about? And I go, I was just trying to get an auto insurance quote from you, uh, but I'll leave you alone. I'm sorry for your loss. And she goes, well, that's okay. Uh, I still have his truck in my car, and then I got two leads out of it, and you got a dollar per lead. So uh, if Butch <laughs> Buckmaster's wife is still alive somewhere in Montana, I honor you and Butch, and you you brought me up from $9 an hour to $11 an hour. So <laughs> rest in power, Butch. <laughs> Give us another one, Scotty. 
Okay, and you know what? I'm going to just stick on great names. There's nothing I like more than a great oh, name. nice. Good. Here's the headline. Oh, a World War II veteran will finally get his wish by having a Juicy Fruit-themed casket. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, again? <laughs> a World War II veteran will get his final wish to have a Juicy Fruit-themed casket. <laughs> I love it. So, Kurt and I like Juicy Fruit. We'll get into why. Um, But this is by Kelsey Smith. Love Kelsey at CNN. A World War II veteran's wish to have his casket painted to resemble a pack of Juicy Fruit when he dies has been granted. Oh, wow. Here's the name that I just fell in love with. Sati Economy, 94, told his friend Sammy Oki, president of Oki's Funeral Service, his last request, I know, his last request is to have his casket painted like the iconic yellow Wrigley's Juicy Fruit Pack of Gum when he passes. A so, unique ask. Wait, so Suddy is stuffed in, <laughs> into a Juicy Suddy Fruit? Economy, spelled economy with a Y. Oh, so wow. he's 94. I mean, that's the best name. Um... He asked to have his coffin painted to resemble a Juicy Fruit pack and got the thumbs up from Juicy Fruit. So here's why. A family friend for the last 45 years, Oki, who owns a funeral home, told CNN that Economy is, quote, a unique and patriotic individual who is known famously throughout Roanoke, Virginia, for handing out Juicy Fruit gum to everyone he meets. I mean, what a guy. Wow. So, so Suddy's not dead. I'm sure all the bananas are screaming, is he dead? Is he dead? Tell me, God, he's not dead. He's not. He was admitted to Veterans Affairs Medical Hospital in Virginia three weeks ago due to a heart condition. But a week later, the veteran was moved to a care clinic where he is residing and his health is improving. Hold on, Suddy. You got another 15 in you, bud. Um, but he always, even in when he was visiting friends at the VA, he would, quote, bring packs of Juicy Fruit gum and put them out for the employees to enjoy. He just didn't do it here. He did it at restaurants and doctor's offices, wherever he want. And during World War II, uh, Wrigley supported U.S. troops by taking Wrigley's Spearmint, Double Mint, and Juicy Fruit off civilian markets and giving them to the armed forces. Wow. Isn't that great? Okay. So. I love that. So the casket's uh, made, but he hasn't passed away yet? Yes, he got the approval from Juicy Fruit Gum to have a custom Juicy Fruit-looking giant pack of gum to be buried in, basically. Can, can I suggest, Suddy, if you're out there listening to this... Of course he is. You don't want to... You want to... Like, you spent a lot on this casket, so let's keep it economical, right? Like your family mm-hmm. name? Put that casket out on the front lawn for Halloween. Fill it <laughs> yes. With yes. 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 And that's a socially distanced uh, Halloween. Just taking, <laughs> taking juicy fruit out of a juicy fruit casket on your front oh, lawn. It's so that's good. perfect. Yeah. They got a call from the vice president of Juicy Fruit, which is also such a great business card to hand out at parties. And he's allowed to have the Juicy Fruit logo on the casket and that they would send some more products to the economy family. Greatest last name. And so they were so happy. They thanked the community. And then last Friday, 250 packs of Juicy Fruit gum were delivered to the funeral home for the family who has since picked them up. Isn't that that amazing? That's awesome. I love that. I hope... At the at the funeral, and I'm not saying I hope I hope Suddy lives for another thirty years. Me but too. When it eventually occurs, I hope the ceremony finishes. The juicy fruit casket is starting to get lower down in the ground, like boo, and then it just mm-hmm. take a sniff, pull it out. <laughs> the taste is gonna move you when you boo. 
pop it in yes. your mouth. Juicy fruit Juicy is fruit. gonna, it's zzz. gonna move ya. It tastes so cool. soft, it gets right to ya. <laughs> Juicy I fruit, like the it tastes, it tastes, it tastes, it's gonna move ya. I, I like the idea of it playing in on the top of the casket and as the dirt covers it up it gets more and more muffled quieter and quieter (laughs) (laughs) oh man we love you study economy so much i just want to think how litigious is the juicy fruit company (laughs) if they hadn't gotten approval they would sue him for making the juicy fruit casket casket. as if somebody was going to mistake it for a juicy fruit product <laughs> yes what they see it from a plane they're like land this plane also wrap sudi in foil and put him in that thing let's go all the mm-hmm. way in spray him with in. some some juicy fruit aroma like let's go we're burying sudi right again also, 20 30 years it's the best in 20 or 30 years exactly we hope sudi has a, a long 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 life and goddamn, it's you know what i love a man who knows what he loves you know what I, I mean? Agree. Anybody who who's like I can defi- I can tell you right now how I want to be buried. Yes. That's amazing. I don't I love a thing that much. I don't. I don't think I have a thing that I like that much that I would want to be buried in it. And I think it I am I am poorer for it. I, I bet you'll the, find it. The 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 gravestone has to say rest and flavor, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> or stay juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Stay was, juicy is perfect. He was chewed oh, up by life <laughs> and spit out a whole man. Rest this in flavors. Yeah, rest in flavors. Study economy. In flavors. You guys going to hear another one? Yeah. Yeah. Tease us into a little commercial break. This is a um, all right factory giveaway contest started by Jelly Belly founder David Klein Ooh. causes confusion. Yep, sure does. We'll be back with more <laughs> Bananimals. Guys, we are back with bananas. Our wonderful guest today is Andy Iwancio. I before we get into this next story, we do want to give a shout out. There is a bananimal who sends in a ton mm-hmm. of stories. We have used a lot of his stories on mm-hmm. the podcast. He is Instagram user at copyhaste. Uh, he yeah. owns and runs one of the oldest comic book stores in Los Angeles. It is called Heidi Ho. It's in Santa Monica. And they have been struggling since COVID started. And so we will post... We'll post this on the site. He, he's got a um, a GoFundMe to just keep the store open because let's I'm doing let's it. support independent bookstores, guys. Yes, uh, and let's help a Bananimal keep his store open. That's Heidi Ho uh, in Santa Monica. We'll post it up there. And if anybody's Absolutely. listening, uh, please go to the Instagram, the Bananas Podcast. Follow us there. DM us there. We're always responding, constantly yes. responding to you. 
Uh, it's near constant uh, response. And also, we've had now people are saying hi to us from Brazil, from Argentina, from Iceland. We just had a woman, I believe her name is Jen from Saudi Arabia. That's uh, She's an expat over there. New South Wales, Alaska. I mean, we're coming for you all. As soon as yeah. this is done, Kurt and I are getting on a plane. We're going to bring the bananas thunder around the world. And uh, we're going to take this thing on tour. But thank you for all our listeners everywhere. P- feel free to message us. Let us know where you are. Yeah. Shout it's out great. to Glow from Iceland, whose name is not Glow, but a, it's like five names. And she put them in there, but I cannot pronounce them. And she's on a small northern island north of Iceland. And oftentimes wow. the boat just doesn't show up to pick them up. And they're stuck there. Uh, we're coming for you, Glow. We're coming for you, Glow. <laughs> You really have international appeal. Oh, there it is. I'm hiring. We're hiring Andy, head of marketing from here on out. (laughs) If you're looking for banana banana puns, I've got bunches. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Actually, in a row. And our our beloved listeners can't tell, but I can see bananas in the deep background behind Andy right now. You are a master of Um, mise-en-scene. Oh, my oh. God. Is that an unexpected banana for us? I guess yes. that would be an unexpected banana, wouldn't it? Gosh. <laughs> I think you're our first, like, listener guest. I think all our other guests are like, who are these guys? And then they see us, and they're like, let's just get this shit over with. But, Andy, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're yeah. on I, board. I wrote down Baltimore anecdotes to try to weasel into the conversation. <laughs> We're ready for well, them. Let's do it. Curdy, tell us about those jelly bellies. All right. So... Uh, you guys might have uh, about a thousand of you, you've been animals <laughs> sent this story into us and we appreciate it. Uh, so here's the deal. The title was originally jelly belly founder to give away one of his candy factories in worldwide treasure hunt. Oh, sure. Now, right. Then jelly belly. Then there. So first off, it's like fucking great. There's going to be a scavenger hunt. There's one in every state. A thousand people we can join it. each per each state. There's a $5,000 golden dog tag that you have to find for hints that it'll give um and then uh there's like the grand grand prize which is you actually get a fucking candy factory like willy wonka what yes but then jelly belly came out jelly belly the company jelly belly current jelly belly just came out and shat all over it oh god by saying like we are not associated with this they're real snotty about it i didn't like it whatsoever but here's the deal with it. It's David Klein. David Klein's the one who invented the name Jelly Belly and, uh, and owned the trademark until he sold it to the company that now is Jelly Belly. Oh. But David Klein still makes candy, and his factory is somewhere in Florida. So he's getting ready to retire, okay. and he's going to give away this fucking candy factory in Florida, and like, a, like you can a trip there, and he'll wow. enroll you in a candy university to get a mm-hmm. candy-making degree <laughs> so you can run the factory. This is sure. a crazy... I love it. I mean, like, yeah. I have no idea if it's very pleasant to run a candy factory. Um, I, right. And this sounds like the Jelly Belly version of Breaking Bad. it sounds like he's got a he has a jelly belly like it's got an a in front of it and he's just got a shack behind his house he's like i've just been making jelly bellies back there (laughs) kids in the neighborhood know me because i give out jelly bellies (laughs) hey hey kids you want to see the candy factory behind my house (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I right, don't Mr. know Klein. what flavor the jelly beans are. Just eat some, then I'll write it down. Yeah, I these are raisins, sir. <laughs> oh man, this, but it's got to be like unplanned. My actually to run a, a a like you. This is a gift that is also in some way a burden to now own yeah. a candy factory, unless. Yes. Unless candy factories just print money. I don't know. Maybe they do. It seems like just a lot of work. My friend Rob Andrew Jeske, oh, his yeah? dad ran candy factory for many years. We should, I should call him up and find out how fun is it to run a candy factory. I think it's probably a, a, a tough job. Yeah. It's can not we, all laughs. Can, can I just, like, I just want to go back. What is the detail about the golden dog tags? Great, great question. Here it is. Here, let's go. All righty. The release says you pay forty nine ninety nine to enter at thegoldticket.com and get a riddle. The contest is limited to 1,000 participants per treasure hunt. Klein and his business partner, Stephanie 30 Acre, have hosted live chats to answer questions and have expressed surprise by the response. Um, oh, here. The finders get $5,000 with one okay. ultimate treasure, a key to... Oh, here it is. Klein says he's getting ready to retire and hiding treasures in the form of gold dog tags in every state. No explanation for why it is. But if there's a 1,000 entries to find each dog tag in every state. Well, let's um, do three. Uh, three bananas. First three to message us a legitimate message. Actually, no, wait. You know what? Because so many me. people sent this in to us, I think uh-huh. we need to kind up of like put up yeah it can't just be the first three um because oh. people have already asked to be uh, oh. staked and i already and i already said on some messages like we'll come up with oh. a, w- a a way so um I'm an idiot disregard me <laughs> what about disregard the first me. three to give um the best fake jelly belly name okay fake fake jelly belly flavor fake the jelly belly first flavor. three that give us a real R-O-F-L, uh, we will stake you. We'll send you a Hunting for Nanners shirt, and we hope you win the Candy Factory. And if you do, we want a tour. Hell yeah. Jelly Bell is pretty good. I like Tutti Frutti. Not to go back to fruity stuff, that's pretty good. They have a margarita one that's good. They have watermelons okay. The worst, I think, is buttered popcorn. I think that's oh, yeah. for psychopaths. Um, they have one called Top Banana. I guess we have to like that one. I I, I just like the, th- the theme of the episode so far is old men in cars giving out candy to passers-by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with that. When I was a kid, we used to ride to Boring, Maryland, uh, and there was a penny candy store called Cullison's. It used to be a market. It was a guy. I think he was a, a vet, and like a World War II vet. And anyways, Cullison's Market after a while all the grocery stores started to put him out of business for everything except penny candy so we'd ride our bikes there it was like five miles hot summer bunch of teen like uh, tween age boys and then we he would see us coming in and you could just see this poor old man be like oh god no anybody but them and we would be like can we have 75 swedish fish and he would count them out one at a time and we'd slide them three quarters and then somebody else would say you know can i have 50 sweet tarts or whatever, and you'd count them out one at a time, put them in these little paper bags. The other thing they had were pony bottles of, like, soda or Yoo-Hoo. And so this one guy named John Everts, and I hope somebody from Reisterstown, Maryland, is listening. Or John, I hope you're listening. 
bought, drank three pony bottles of Yoohoo. We're riding back home on our bicycles, middle of the country, cornfields. All of a sudden, he starts lagging behind us on his bike. And we're like, John, are you okay? And he goes, I think I drank a little too much you. And then just barfed Yoohoo <laughs> on his own bike and legs <laughs> while we were riding. To this day, it, there's like a group of guys that I haven't probably talked to in five years who, if it's like, how's John doing? They'll be like, I think I drank a little too much Yoohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in power, Mr. Cullison. <laughs> I had I always thought that Reister when I heard Reisterstown, I always wondered if there was a dude named Reister who owned the town. Yeah, like, John Reister is the guy. I had to do a book report or a report on him, but there was a man <laughs> named John Reister, and uh, it's still a pretty small town, but a good place to be from. I got no regrets growing up in old two one one three six. And what part? What part of Bal- around Baltimore are you from, Andy? I'm I'm from Northeast Baltimore, just shy, of, uh, just across uh, Lake Montebello from where Memorial Stadium used to be. Oh, yeah. oh really? Um, so you're in Baltimore? Yeah. I well, not right now, but I'm. That's le- I was legitimately, legitimately from Baltimore. Oh yeah. But and we, what high school did you go to? That's a good way to identify Baltimore on. Um, I I. Went to two different high schools. I went to I went to Baltimore School for the Arts for two years. Amazing. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went to City College High School, which is oh. across the street from Memorial. They, they're the big old castle looking. Yeah. Um, Heck yeah. But I yeah I like City more. I should have just gone there from the jump. But we we didn't have. I just feel like there's this Baltimore thing about adding apostrophe s to everything. Okay, like, just, I like that. Because, like, yeah, but that's why I always assumed Reisterstown Road was really Reistertown, and we were just adding the S, assuming somebody named Reister owned it. But Yeah, I wish. You know what I noticed, and I didn't realize it until I left Maryland, is that in Maryland people call adults by their first name, Mr. or Mrs. Blop. So, like, oh, yes. If, if, like, My wife does uh, that because she very grew up near, in Maryland, yeah. And people, so for example, like if, if your parents' names are, are Chris and, and Stephanie, if you were over, you'd be like, hey, Mr. Chris, can I have another flavor ice? Or you'd be like, hey, Miss Stephanie, can I eat a hot dog in the hot tub? And, uh, it, and they don't do that anywhere else. But like my whole life, everybody, my mom's name's Mary. I'd be like, hey, Miss Mary, can I? And it, it's, so, it's so Maryland to me. It is. You I, know what's really weird right now is that growing up in Jersey, you always use their last name. So you're like, Ms. Kelly, excuse me, Ms. Kelly. Uh, and so now that I have kids and when we could see other human beings, like other, like our neighbors and stuff like that, and they have to refer to them. And it seems so crazy to have them yeah. call like a neighbor by their last name. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It just seems yes. so weird. So now they just call them by their first name. And like, yeah, and we do the, that thing where it's just like, excuse me, Mr. Tim, or like, Ms. You, Mary. But you could, tell, you could tell so much about like how kids grew up by how they addressed adults. And right. like, I was always, I was always creeped by the kids who would call their parent by the first name. Like they would just call oh, their mom, yeah. would be Sharon. I want to oh. buy that candy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. My daughter does it to fuck with me. Like, she's only three and she'll do it to fu- <laughs> fuck with me. She'll, she'll just come out and go, Kurt, K 
can you please come in here? <laughs> oh my gosh, I did. She's a scoundrel. Who knew? Oh, she is such a scoundrel. She that would like, be, knows how to manipulate that, everything. That would be such a great parent move, a great kid move to get like a post-it note and write, we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure that your kid, as soon as your kid knows the word, she'll be she'll be telling you, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. So she already does that. She oh already God. does that. It is because no we way. like we encourage her to like explain her feelings when she's like having an outburst. So she's mm-hmm. very like or, okay. Also, we also do this thing. This is crazy. So <laughs> we read this. We read somewhere that you're never supposed to say like you're like smart. You're not supposed to be like you're so smart. You're so smart because yes. then what happens is. It, when they encounter something that's truly difficult for them, in their mind, they're like, I'm smart. If this is difficult for me, um, I, can, I can just stop because it's over my head. As opposed yes. to what you do okay. say to compliment, you say, you work so hard. Like, I really am proud oh. of how hard you worked. And then that mm-hmm. puts them in the mindset of like, when I encounter something difficult, mm-hmm. I have to keep trying at it. So, wow, that's cool. Uh, so my, so I literally, she always asks for unreasonable things. And like the other day, she was asking for like food in bed or something. And then she just started going, uh, Papa, I know you can do it. If you try really hard, (laughs) you can get me some food right now. Go, go get them, Papa. Go get me some food. I believe in you. (laughs) Which is just parroting back to the way we like talk to her about when she's having a tough time with a problem. And it's just like, oh, man, the fucking manipulation is already beginning. I think that was also like a Baltimore thing of a certain age. My friend's grandmother, my friend Nick, who lived down the street, lived with his grandmother. And I remember they had a, I didn't put it together until recently, they had a white cat named Coke. (laughs) I didn't put together the cat named Coke. That's besides the point, but I just didn't realize that the cat's name was Coke. Uh, I didn't put that together until recently, but she would do this thing with him where, if you said something, this is a certain era of like, I think in, uh, growing up on the East Coast, my friend's grandmother, if he like tried to say something, she was like, oh, you're playing dumb or, oh, you're getting uh, smart with me. So there's like uh-huh. this weird middle ground between <laughs> playing yes. dumb and getting yes. smart that I could never figure out. Perfect. <laughs> oh, that's pretty great. <laughs> you guys want a story? I got one. Give it to us. Okay, this is from Cameron Kruger. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, it's from NBC Connecticut. NBC Connecticut. Uh, headline goes a little something like this. Search continues for, quote, highly aggressive beefalo on the loose in Plymouth. Okay. <laughs> Search continues for highly aggressive beefalo. Oh, my I'm God. Is a beefalo mis- a cross between buffalo and a cow? Yes, and I did not know this existed. Andy, oh, did wow. you know what a beefalo was? No. I'd never heard of it. I love the Me name. neither. Greatest thing in the world. So this beefalo is on the loose in Plymouth. So police in Plymouth continue to search for a beefalo that's on the loose after escaping from a meat processing factory two weeks ago. <laughs> what? So this beefalo like saw the writing on the wall and was like, not for me. Wait, um, time out. Is that what... So wait, is factory farming created... Is it a creation of factory yes. farming, like a beefalo, so that it's like yes. a cow and a buffalo, but has buffalo meat on it? That's yes. so fucking fucked up. So oh. two weeks ago it escaped. It was I recently thought it was captured. cute at first. 
<laughs> oh, get ready. Oh, it kind of is. It looks so I'll explain it because there's also okay. a thing called a catalo. Um a catalo? Which is cattle, buffalo looks more like bison than you'll get it. Uh yeah. also bison's the correct term. Buffalo's that uh, doesn't matter. Um yeah, that's right. so you know what I mean? Um so the hybrid animal is It should claimed. be beefson. Thank you. Why is nobody... Uh, give me the bumper sticker. We want beefs. <laughs> Feed me beefs. Beef it's what's for dinner. I'm dinner not going to... I'm, I'm not going to... It would be really rad to like have a burger and you'd be like, oh yeah, this is made of beefalo wings. <laughs> like, there's, oh there's so much wordplay. I always... I, I think I'd, I joked for a long time that like... Because Golda Doodles... We're like yes. invented, and I just thought about like if you'd like woken up from a party at your house yes. and you opened up and looked at the front window, and a goldadoodle, like a like a a poodle and a you know like a labrador, Golden, just, yeah, on your front lawn. I just, I, it'd be I a lot to deal with. <laughs> I'd wake up screaming God for all dog. new reasons. Yes, yeah, a crime against God. <laughs> so let me tell Rod you. Dog. All right. Go ahead, Scotty. The... We've interrupted you so many sorry, times. Sorry, Go. Sorry, sorry. I don't mind. <laughs> it's a it's the beefalo keep... life. Yep, that's Beefson. Uh, Beefson. Uh, this is my son, Beefson. Uh, the hybrid is claimed to be a great improvement on both of its progenitors, uh, as it is more docile and a better milker. So they're milking Oof. these beefaloes than the buffalo. It retains <laughs> its hardihood. I, we're just making up words at this point. It retains its hardy. <laughs> what's what's the gas mileage like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It's thirty-two city, forty highway. Uh, while the robe is finer, darker, and more even, the general shape of the animal is improved by the reduction of the hump and increased proportion to the hindquarters. Uh, the USDA uh, study found that beefalo meat, like bison meat, is lower in fat and cholesterol than standard beef cattle. So it's apparently pretty good for you. Uh, so the, this animal that escaped uh, the shackles of death and ran away was caught on surveillance. The la- animal was last seen somewhere in the area of Route 72 and Judd Road uh, in Terryville, section of Plymouth. Home surveillance shows the animal still roaming. I mean, what a great, your, your ring camera goes off and there's just a fucking beefalo in your front yard. <laughs> oh, man, I, we got to go. Uh, oh, 2,000 yeah, yeah. pounds, highly aggressive. So that's like the only other thing. And then so everybody's saying, if you call, call the authorities, if you see this uh, beefalo wandering through your front yard uh, or in the woods, and it hopefully will not cross onto a major thoroughfare. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did it did it really say Rome in the article where the beefalo Rome? <laughs> did. Oh, oh my god. This is like found... the song for New America where the beefalo yes. Rome to be slaughtered and every day. I have you ever been to Plymouth, Massachusetts, either of you? Where the rock is? Where Plymouth Rock is? No. Okay. I, that, uh, that bananas. That better be a music station. Where, where Plymouth <laughs> Rocks? Plymouth I hope Rocks. It, I hope there's Plymouth Rocks. It's okay. one of those Plymouth. Uh, a friend of mine got married nearby, and we went out to bars. It's definitely one of those bars that, as soon as you walk in, you think you're going to get beat up, no matter mm-hmm. what time of day or how many drinks are going I feel on. Like Again, that's this a is where lot the of New England land. bars. Honestly, yes, yes. People New go England's out New like England a, bars. They're, they're, 
They're just like, if you weren't born here in 1693, you're a, yeah. you're an outsider. Yeah, and you're like, gladly. Uh, yeah, and it's like, it goes from silence to laughing to having emotions to crying to punching <laughs> to sex. It's a cool <laughs> place to live. So, but if any of our bananimals, uh, if you haven't been but you live nearby, drive on out there. See the, see the Plymouth Rock. Uh, most people throw coins at it for some reason, even though it's not a wishing well. <laughs> Um, you stand about eight feet above this rock that's covered in gum and pennies, no. and and then they have a fake Mayflower that looks not seaworthy is a generous way to put it. It looks like it was put together in like a cardboard catalog kit, and it. I remember going and being like, "Oh, this is cool. I'll see Plymouth Rock." Also, I don't think it's the real rock. I think they just picked one, built a gazebo around it, and you just throw pennies at it and. I guess wish they get you the fuck out of Plymouth. <laughs> get me out of here. I'll put a saddle in the first beef low and ride out of this town. I feel like that's most most of going to any sort of like tourist attraction in on the East Coast at all. It's like it's yeah. a lot smaller than I thought it would be. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. It's almost always too small. I remember going to Gettysburg and being like expecting there to be something but it's just fields with walls yeah well can yeah occasionally a cannon that you pose behind as if it was uh, enlarged genitalia and then you get back on the bus with a gum cigar and go back to school <laughs> all right guys you want this other one yeah hit me with a story curdy b Man sighted after crashing battle tank twice near Gold Beach. <laughs> <laughs> this is the details are beautiful about this story. This is I this was it. sent in by Instagram user at M's Ants, E M S underscore Ants. Mm. This Thank is you. from K V A L, Eugene, Oregon. Uh, this is by Max Barr. At katu.com. Thank you, Maxie. Thank you, Max. Best in the biz. A Curry County man was cited for reckless driving last week after he crashed a vintage battle tank into a guardrail (laughs) on Highway 101. (laughs) So, yes, a battle tank. It happened on November 27th, about five miles south of Gold Beach. According to Oregon State Police spokesman, the recently purchased 1969 Chieftain Battle Tank. This is 1969. So, this is like. This is a real this is a a, a seer, like a modern pretty tank. recent yeah. yeah right I thought it's I thought it was like a, maybe a World War II tank or something no 1969 Chieftain Battle Tank was being delivered by truck to an area resident's house I don't know why that's happening in the first me place. me neither I didn't know nope. you could buy a fucking battle tank that's crazy me neither there was there's some house that was out here uh on my, like kind of near where I work and they had a fucking howitzer in their front yard what? really and they, like even had a little tag that said howitzer this how big this was used in this battle and it was just on the front lawn that's what so kind of weird. asshole neighbor has a howitzer on the front lawn it's a weird wow. choice Very. um now here's where it gets really beautifully bananas <laughs> yes so the truck driver jeffrey glossop 58 mm-hmm decided that his truck wasn't going to make it up a steep hill while carrying the tank. So, Mm -hmm. Glossop unloaded the 50-ton tank and tried to drive it up the hill himself, despite having no experience driving (laughs) a battle tank. (laughs) (laughs) And why wouldn't you? 
How it hard can it be? It's go. two levers. I've seen Bugs Bunny cartoons. You just push the levers forward and you crank them like chopsticks. It didn't go as planned as Glossop started up the hill. The tank Amazing. slipped out of gear and rolled backward across oh, Highway 101. Police said several vehicles had to stop to avoid the out-of-control tank, which crashed through a guardrail. But guess oh, no. what, guys? Glossop didn't give up. Police nope. said he started driving up the hill again. <laughs> but when he rounded a curve, the tank slipped out of gear again and rolled oh. bank backward through another guardrail. The tank rolled down an embankment and crashed into some trees. Uh, yeah, damage was estimated around $1,500. No one was hurt. Glossop faces okay. charges of reckless driving and criminal mischief. Talk that sounds like Glossopus, really. Trying to get that tank up the hill. That was a bad pun. <laughs> no, no. Glossopus. Y'all just ignored it, and that was fine. And we <laughs> no. I didn't past understand it. it until I thought about it for a second. Glossopus. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> I just Is wish. It? I just wish I had as much confidence as Glossopus. Yes. To yes. after crashing the battle tank once, to be like, well, we'll get it. We can do it again. <laughs> yes. I. I like the idea of whenever somebody is trying to, like, back up a truck or get out of a driveway or anything, mm -hmm. you always have somebody that's, like, trying to yell directions. I yes. like the idea of somebody yelling directions at him trying to move the tank. Yes. <laughs> no. Back it up. <laughs> but it yelling into the... Into yeah. the gun part. <laughs> yes. Listen, I was just watching... I was just watching Indiana Jones. What are you... <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you see somebody. Uh, I've never, I've never been inside of a tank. I've seen a million of them parked all over the place. They seem very terrifying. I'm trying to think if any. I worked on a show called Mega Drive years ago with this comedian Johnny Pemberton, and we. Oh, I'm trying to think if we did anything. Oh, we did do something with a tank. I think we did do right. something with a tank. Yeah, Kurt wrote on it too. We we shot up a school bus. Oh, that's what it is. Oh my god. Okay. God, this is, I had totally forgotten about this. Okay. So we were working on a show called Mega Drive where a stand up comedian named Johnny Pemberton who failed his driver's license test three times in real life would go around the country and drive vehicles that nobody else had ever seen anybody drive on TV. So all kinds of wild stuff. And then Kurt and I would come up with like kind of wacky things to do and add a prank element. So we get this tank. It's an active military tank. They were very happy to show it off. And we, uh, we had a producer, and I forget his name, and I wouldn't say it anyways because he gets fired, and here's why he gets fired. We take this Bluebird uh, bus, like a school bus, which is a brand of school bus, and it was vintage, and we pretended like the tank was just, oh, the tank just drives over it. Basically, it turned this thing into a pancake in like three passes, and then the owner of the Bluebird bus shows up about eight hours after we're done shooting with this tow truck, and he's like, well, yeah, where's the bus? And the showrunner, our buddy Rob, is like, uh, it's uh, at the scrapyard. And the guy's like, well, why? And he's like, <laughs> Oh, because we shot it with a tank gun and then drove over it four times. And the guy starts shaking and crying. And the producer had not 
bought the bus. He had rented what? the bus for the day. So the guy just thought he was going to – he just thought we were going to drive around it and be silly with it or like have Johnny pretend to drive this defunct oh, no. antique like 1960 school no. bus. Instead, we smashed it into a pancake and that producer got fired. I think we gave the guy like $50,000 for that bus because we were like – we are so sorry. But it was like his like vintage thing that he would rent out to people. And then one guy made one mistake and didn't read the paperwork correctly or the create our creative correctly. <laughs> we smashed this poor guy's like, I don't know, like his vintage thing. It was like just ruining his livelihood. I felt so bad. Oh, my God. Every Did vehicle know he has now has to have a bumper sticker that says don't tread on me <laughs> sorry it was terrible i just bring no, terrible puns to this show i thought you have bananas. why not me bring terrible puns we rock we appreciate oh. it andy yeah keep bringing it <laughs> yeah i think the only time i've been in a tank was bringing it back to action park again by the way finally saw the action park documentary on hbo What'd max you think? totally worth a view Worth yes. of you. Um, Chris Gethard, great. <laughs> it's mostly Anyways. Chris Gethard. Um, <laughs> they had these gas-powered... So imagine a tank, but <laughs> the size of a golf cart, but okay. gas-powered, and they could go pretty fast. And then okay. inside, you had a cannon that shot golf balls. And oh. I must have been like 11 or something, and I was allowed to literally like they open a cage, <laughs> you're placed inside, they close That's you right. in a cage, and then people start shooting golf balls, and they start like, bam, bam, like start hitting the cage, and you're driving, and it's like, <laughs> and they're fucking tr- like oh, tire God. tracks, you know, with just like oh, left God. and right. It was crazy. You could smash into other people, and then people are constantly <laughs> shooting you. It was a fucking panic attack. It was so yeah. scary. As an 11-year-old, yes. just like, ah! My mom's just reading. I would just, I, my mom should have just taken up smoking at that point. Like, that's how it yes. Like, if you're going to let your kid just go off and ride these rides, just start smoking yourself. I just, I we always had this, like, uh, carnival that would come to town. Like, down in the, like, the, like, area, the schoolyard outside the Catholic school that I went to. And, like, that's where I finally, like, saw carnival rides for what they were. They're just, like, held together with, like, oh, yeah. hairpins. Oh, yeah. They yes. just, like, had those hairpins. Like, everything's held together with just hairpins. Yeah. It yeah. is terrifying. I took my daughter on one recently, and I was like, this definitely kind of seems like it's it's kind of rocking up and down in a way that's leaving the ground. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem yeah. super safe. I can remember going up to Gamber Fire Hall had this this like kind of a I don't even like kind of a hick town I guess and we would go up there and they had this big fair every year and my best friend was this black dude named Andre and we went everywhere together and it was one of those situations where it was like 2000 friends of firemen and then Andre and I at 11 walking around and we got on one of those ones that just spins super fast and you stick to the wall. And, you know, yes. like when you're young, you like do every you turn upside down or like somebody pukes and it sprays the entire side. They're super fun. But they pl- they blasted the song Insane in the Membrane by Cypress Hill. And it was the first time either of us had ever heard that song. And, the- and I remember being scared to death. I remember being like, <laughs> what is this song? Did we die? Is this what they play in hell? And I was just but. 
I'd never heard music like that. I'm spinning around at probably 45 miles an hour with my best friend, the only person of color there. And it's just like, oh, I think we died. I think my parents <laughs> crashed their car on the way up here. Now this is hell. Um, <laughs> that, that, that was such a staple of East Coast carnivals is you always right. had some ride that went really fast in a circle, then backwards. Yes. But the entire time, it's just blaring music and a dude is yelling. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a guy that thinks like, he's a DJ. He's yeah. like, who wants to go backwards? And you're like, honestly, stop the ride. And he's like, I can't hear you. <laughs> All right. Give us our last one, Scotty. Florida woman clobbers, farting father. Um, so Boom. this is from a lot of bananas sent this one in. But the, the New York Daily News, David Matthews. David goes above and beyond when he's writing his byline. A lot of uh, these articles that we were sent said Florida woman assaults farting father. A Florida woman uh, strikes farting father. But the word clobbers is underused in life. I encourage all but animals to use it today. Say, I'm going to yeah. clobber these buffalo, beefalo wings. Um, uh, this was sent in by Mr. No Shoulders on Instagram. Thank you so much. But also many, many other bananas. Um a Florida woman was arrested Sunday after allegedly, allegedly battering her father, who was passing too much gas in their shared home. Oh, boy. According to an affidavit filed by in uh, Pinellas County Court, Nicole Dozois, Nicole Dozois, great, great names this episode, <laughs> Nicole Dozois, 40, became angry at her 59-year-old father, so they're pretty close in age, nothing wrong with that, but pretty close, uh, in their Largo home in Tampa Bay area. 2 a.m. on Saturday, quote, due to his flatulence disrupting her sleep. (laughs) Uh, This guy farts in his sleep. Uh, She started attacking him after they had an argument. When the cops arrived, they found Dozois's father with a bloodied left eye and scratches all over his neck. I think you're aiming for the wrong body part. Uh, Following the argument, wherein he was punched numerous times, uh, she was arrested and booked on misdemeanor domestic battery before uh, released. Uh, She has pleaded not guilty, but is ordered to go to court and have no contact with her father. Tough to do when your dad's your roommate. Hard to have no contact, especially (laughs) when he's a a little an old man fart machine. Uh, But guys, Andy, that's not all. This isn't the first time something like this has happened. In 2018, Nicole was arrested for punching her sister in the head. Uh, prosecutors de- de- declined to pursue the case, and it's not reveal if flagellance was <laughs> the catalyst. This is the <laughs> before starting this podcast. I had no idea how many fisticuffs were born yes. out of farting, and the yeah. amount of uh, stories that we see of people getting in actual physical fights over a fart. Is, is it's it's much more than I would have ever anticipated. I had no yes. idea. It's uh, it's what drove people to go at each other. As, right. as a person, as a person who loves who loves puns, uh, mm-hmm. I'd, breaking up a fart fight would be one of my greatest <laughs> achievements. There's so many lines <laughs> I have ready. Like you push them both apart, and you're like, "Hey, this too shall pass." That's pretty good. <laughs> If you follow that up with a high pitched squeaky fart, then you really win the whole thing. It's a great, it's a great way to end any argument. But yeah, you're right, Kurt. This happens a lot. Like we get remember a lot that of things one. That, remember that sloppy Joe's fart fight? 
Oh yeah, classic. Yeah. Ernest Hemingway's favorite bar. A couple, somebody broke a collarbone because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a guy farted on a woman, and they got in. You know, you, you can't write this stuff, folks. You can't I, write this stuff. I there definitely needs to be. I we could use more fart humor in the world. I think we did. We just need it. That's another thing. That's what's so crazy about it is that a fart is inherently funny, and the fact Hilarious, that even. punching someone in the face. For farting is so crazy to me. It's like, unam- like it's just, it's such a funny thing to have happen on top of another funny thing. I, I, was... I if if I had time to punch up that article, I would yes. suggest instead of <laughs> clobbered, I would have said she, he was beamed, <laughs> but- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unleashed. Daughter uh, beans father over flatulence. Uncorked yeah, on her dad's saying. face. Um, <laughs> there was a guy. <laughs> there was this guy in my high school. Oh, he actually didn't go to my high school. He just came to all our high school parties. I'm not even sure where he went to high school. Same age, but we all called him Stink- Stinky Dan. And Stinky Dan no. could fart on command. He's the only person I've ever known who could what? do it. That's so amazing. inevitable. I know he's. If he's not a billionaire, he doesn't understand the gifts he was given. Um, <laughs> but Stinky Dan, everybody be hanging out, you know, partying in a field. There's a case of beer. There's a bonfire. Inevitably, somebody's going to jump over it. Inevitably, somebody's going to trip and fall into it. But somebody eventually would go, hey, Stinky Dan, fart for us. And he'd be like, he would be like, no, 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 I don't want to. I don't know. It's fine. We're like, Stinky Dan. Like, live up to the hype. And here's the kicker. He could only do it for some reason if he slapped his his hip first. What? So he would kind of get down in almost like a football player lineman stance, like a three-point stance, slap his hip, like sea biscuit his hip, and then just rip a fart. But if you go do it again, he would slap his hip and do it again. This guy was like a true legend of the fall. Like, but he would do it, and he could do it a hundred times in a row. You know, people can like burp, and Stinky Dan could slap his hip and fart endlessly. And we often made him. If you're out there, you're the banana of the week, Stinky Dan. I, I, I think that like I'm a transgender person. As a transgender person, yeah. I like always support people on their journey, and I just that's hope right. That Stinky Dan's out there, and he's become the action figure he's always wanted to be. And like, yeah. there's a he can hit himself in his hip, and he can have a giant cardboard thing he rests in, and it says "Stinky Dan farts on command." Like, <laughs> yes, he's an action Take figure. Take it on the road, Andy. You're right. I, I think he, we should support him. I, I believe in Stinky we, Dan. We've we supported do. other people's transition to uh, to candy throughout this episode. Yeah. Yes. Let's support yes, Stinky we did. Dan's transition to an action figure. <laughs> yeah, turn yourself into the worst member of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're like, <laughs> Hawkeye, Stinky Dan, you guys take that oh battle tank from Action Park and just so, head in. Head in there. I had we, – we, we have to wrap this up, but I have to tell you this one story. I When Please. I was in my early 20s, mm-hmm. I took a job uh, yes, as sir. an actor that I regret to this fucking day. It Ooh. was a pilot of a prank show from the U.K. Oh, boy. Uh, called Balls of Steel. Uh, <laughs> terrible name already. I think I see and where this is going. The thing that I had to do to people, and this hurts my soul to this day that I did this for money. 
Kurt's one of the nicest guys in the world. He Kurt does not prank in life. I will give that disclaimer. In life, Kurt will not prank you. I do not like pranking that is mean, and this one is pretty mean. So I would call was a character called Mr. Stinks, and okay. they gave me a suit that had been no okay. shit, soaked in uh, skunk uh, juice, uh, coyote piss. No, thank uh, you. All these like different stink bombs had been like let off on it, and it what smelled like it was. It when I put it on, I would start to like throw up in my mouth. It was oh, so no. bad. And then. We would have people who had set their friends up for the prank. So okay. it was a woman who was single, and her friend said, I have a guy I want you to meet. So oh, then I no. would be the blind date that, I, that they were going out on a date with. Oh, no. And it was the most uncomfortable. And also, like, I didn't have to be, like, funny in it. You know, usually when you're pranking people, you have to keep, like, pushing people and be like, yeah. on it and funny. Yeah. Literally, yes. the joke is that I smell bad. And it's probably why it never made it to television, because you can't yeah, smell shocker. through the TV. Thank um, you. Not yet. And so then I would just go on these dates with these women who were legitimately looking for love in oh. New York City. Oh, and boy. just be like a horribly smelling man. And then we were just trying, I would just try and get closer and closer to them until they would leave. And that was the whole bit. And it was awful. And I had to be in that fucking suit for like 16 hours. And oh, then boy. they didn't have a, like a like place for me to change. And it was like wintertime in New York City. So I had to change in the back of a 16 passenger van when it was Fun. like 30 degrees outside. Oh, it boy. was. The worst job I've ever taken. I want to apologize to all of the women, especially to the one who did not leave, who was just that's what I was about to ask. on this date. That's what I was about yes. to ask. Did anybody kind of did you hit it off with anybody? There was like, three did anybody dates, stay? There was three dates. Two stayed out of the three. Wow. See, oh women. Gosh. Oh God, they are so. They will look for good things in you in a different way and god yes and the women of new york especially they are just served up an endless stream of oh, nightmares shit. yeah so just a handsome fun guy who happens to smell like a dead coyote and a million stink bombs it's like that's like a eight in new york city that's like this guy's <laughs> all right i think he has a job he took a taxi here he didn't take the f train here's my here's my pitch instead of a Please. prank show it's a dating show and there's three people, there's three dudes sitting in, two of them are in smelly suits, and one is not. And so <laughs> okay. then a woman has to sit and ask them questions, try to figure out which one, it, it doesn't have the smell. Name mm-hmm. the show, no shit. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Sign me up. Let's make it. Yeah, you know, Kurt will do it. Channing, no shit. No shit. <laughs> Oh, man. Andy, thank you so much for being on Bananas. Oh, thank thank you you for having me. Uh, What would you like to plug? Where can we find you? All that sort of stuff. Uh, I have a a semi-podcast, so I I do a a podcast called It's Not Funny. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a comedy podcast with one joke, which is that there's no comedy. Uh, I have have my friends on I have comedians come over and uh, I teach them how to DJ. So I oh. teach them how to DJ with equipment and they do an hour long set of just songs that they've Love brought that. over. 
them how to mix them together. And the result is usually pretty good. Um, and then I love that. Uh, so there's episodes of that, but also I've been putting out scratch tapes. So okay. it's me taking the audio from different podcasts, and I'll do one for y'all. Uh, Please. But doing, and I scratch with the audio from the podcast. Oh, that's great. And make like a little mixtape. So there's one out for All Fantasy Everything, This Is Rad, uh, Everything Is Scary. Anyway, I just look yeah. me up on SoundCloud.com slash my name, Andy Wansio. Thank you, Andy. Awesome. Scotty, happy birthday. Happy Thank birthday, you, Kurt. Scotty. Thank you so much. Bananas. 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 This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. <laughs>